you are listening to the Green Industry Perspectives podcast presented by SingleOps, a podcast created for green industry professionals looking for best practices, tactics, and tips in running their tree care or landscape business. Welcome back to another episode of Green Industry Perspectives presented by Single Ops. My name is Jay Worth, and I'm very, very excited. I got to tell you, it's not often I read someone's answers to a pre-show questionnaire and get very, very excited for the episode, but it happened with this time. Uh, I have with me today, Pam Dooley from Plants Creative. Pam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Jay. Thanks for allowing me to be on. Oh, thank you so much for agreeing to do it. I'm really excited for today's episode. And to that point, we ask each guest the same question. What are three kind of common threads that you see among successful landscape companies? So the first one that I see, and I love this word, I can't remember where I came across it, but <laughs> ambition. And ambition is just a combination of humility and ambition. So I always see that across the board in the most successful mm. companies. The second one I would say is a very intentional focus on putting people first. Like it is one of our values, people first, and it's not just static. It's, it's an action. And so I always see that as a focus for companies who are doing well as well as putting customers first. And mm. third, and, and this is something that, you know, I'll just tell you, Jay, it's like a spot it, you got it kind of thing. Clarity of roles and responsibilities. Mm. Like this, this has been a big part of our journey and continues to be a big part of our journey because we've changed a lot. And whenever you change, people start to lose as do I clarity and who's doing what and who's on first and who's on second. But I'll say that the most successful companies are super clear on tracking what matters most and also what matters most being defined as the greatest impact on the team's success. So that's, that's how I would answer that question. I love it. And I cannot wait to dive into each of those. I'm very excited. If you would just give our listeners just a brief background on how you got into the industry, a little bit about Plants Creative and what you're doing there. So I have been in this wonderful industry 35 years now. Oh my gosh, I I haven't even thought about it like that. I feel really old. Um, So since the age of 13, I started out. I'm from Indiana, a really small town in Indiana. And my summers were spent being bussed out into the middle of cornfields, dropped off and, and told to detassel corn. And then from there working with my grandfather at a local nursery and summers throughout high school, and then just various opportunities along the way. I went to college, I played volleyball, softball, and was able to take a lot of my horticulture classes during that time. And then fast forward to around 2002, 2003, I was living in South Carolina, And had the opportunity to move to Georgia for an account manager position. And Mm. I had no idea about landscaping. I mean, my background was mostly uh, garden centers 
And I mean, I used to grow poinsettias and, and, and flowers. So I'm like account management for a commercial landscape company. All right. That sounds cool. I'll try that. (laughs) And um, so I, I did that, made the move to Atlanta and did that job for a couple of years. And then I just started thinking about going back to school, going back to UGA. And then was like, well, I have bills, we have financial commitments. And so just started mowing lawns and reached out to the realtor who sold us our home and said, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about doing something crazy. Can I mow your grass? And he was like, uh, sure. (laughs) And um, so that was 2005. So that's when Plants Creative came to life. It started as Plants LLC. And um, when we rebranded six years ago, it officially became Plants Creative. Uh, we used to have a lot of people stop in our office and want to buy orchids. And I realized pretty quickly <laughs> we needed to get more clear on who we are, that we were a landscape company. So, Yeah. Now we have two locations. We have our our main one is in Metro Atlanta. And our second one that we just launched really uh, last spring is in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So it's it's, uh, it's where I live and I am kind of bootstrapping that location and uh, loving the work that we're doing up here. I also helped, uh, and I didn't have to do it from an ownership standpoint, but I helped launch a new uh, branch in another market in my career. So that's that's fun. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit with us here. If you've never been to their website, the website's really innovative. I was getting very Marcus Sheridan vibes from it, <laughs> but it was it's brilliant. I love it. So um, and there's a, and there's a really cool calculator on there too. So like. It looks like you sell maintenance packages for residential, like, hey, we'll come out weekly, bi-weekly, whatever. And then people can kind of calculate based on the size of the property and intricacy of the beds or how big the trees are or things like that. It's really, really innovative. I really like it. Thank you. Yeah, we really believe in giving people as much information on the front end, like as much as we can to just really you know, qualify well, qualify us for them. And like, you know, also if, if we're not a good fit, that's okay. So we just, we, we, we've always done that really well and taken it to the next level on those packages. It's the price is the price here, build yeah. what you want. Here's the price. And, you know, just trying to be as convenient and simple to do business with as we can be. As a side note, not related to the the three questions, because I want to dive into those, uh, your three threads there. But do you find that you close at a higher percentage than the industry average because people are kind of well qualified when they come in the door? Absolutely. I think combining that with, you know, very well, I don't want to say scripted, but just strong language for the office team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do believe that we have a, a higher than average a closing rate. It sounds like you're saying learning good marketing skills is important to success. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'll say that if you want me to, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely. I the, the team hears me talk all the time. You know, words matter. 
I mean, it, yes. it is like, it could also be my, my personal mantra, like words matter. And um, how we message, how we communicate is, is so important, whether in life or in business. So yes. I agree. All right. Speaking of words, ambition, let's dive into that. Why is the combination of those two things so critical to success? Is it like it keeps you balanced? Are you likely to be like walked on because you're too if you're too humble or too cutthroat if you're if you're overly ambitious? Why is that balance so critical in your mind? I mean, I just think about the the people in the industry who I see as being the most successful, strong leaders, you know, strong leaders of people, which I believe always translates to business success. I I just see such a tremendous humility in in how they show up. And so that just really, you know, we talk also about from customer resolution, you know, look, it's not about being right. It's just about getting to the right solution. And so just really pull self back, whether it's with your team or with customers and just arriving in just a a humble state, you know, it's, it's just all about that trust. You're, you're just instantly giving yourself an opportunity to build trust with, with other people. And, you know, of course, ambition, I mean, that's how many, entrepreneurs and small business owners are, are going to go anywhere without just at least a little bit of ambition. And so I think when I think about ambition and why that just stands out to me and gosh, I wish I could remember where I read it. I just can't, <laughs> but I was like, I wrote it down. Cause if you know me, I, I read a ton and I make a ton of notes and then I can't find any of my notes. And then it's, <laughs> Sounds like me. (laughs) The struggle is real. But again, it it just hit me so deeply that humility and just that desire to do great things is a recipe for success. Yeah, I love that. I think what I love about it is that you're talking about the it's kind of the idea and it ties beautifully with your second point about intentionally putting people first, I think right? Like you have to be ambitious, but you have to be kind of grounded because if you're overly confident in it and being in a leadership role is about what you get from it, you're kind of, you're kind of just spinning your wheels. You're not, you know what I mean? You're going to turn people, you're going to turn customers when people are a means to an end rather than, you know, to use your word, the intentional focus on putting people first, you're, you're really in a bad spot. So it's okay to have ambition, but you have to Keep yourself kind of grounded in that. Is is that sounds like what you're saying? Yeah, you you have to remember that the ultimate goal in relationships with people is to just get to the core thing that you're just trying to get to, and and, and just stripping away all, all of the nonsense that gets in the way of that, you know. And and it makes me think about Simon Sinek, and and I'm going to get the quote wrong, but it's something about leadership isn't about being in charge, but it's about taking care of people in our charge. And so I think when you approach relationships, whether it's with customers or with your team, when when you approach that in true service of others, then you're going to get 
to the, the goals a lot faster than if you put up that resistance that sometimes our minds throw out for whatever reason. Absolutely. And that, like, again, dovetails nicely into your second point. You said inten- intentional focus on putting people first. And I love that you use the word intentional here. We've had a lot of what people I would consider strong leaders even on the show. And I don't think many of them have used that word. Like you have to be intentional about it. Why is that intentionality so vital to being successful? Well, because I think, you know, a lot of people talk the talk and I think in leadership, you got to walk the walk. And that means that when you're putting people first, you know, anywhere, it's like across the entire spectrum of dealing with people. It is how we retain our best people. It is how we let go of people that just aren't good fits, whether Mm. it's customers or employees. We've had to say goodbye to some people this year in 2022. And we always get back to, we absolutely have to put this person first. And what that looks like is this role is not the best for this personality or whatever. And so it just really guides every decision with customers or team. You know, when we're looking at contract renewals and and we're talking about, okay, our vision is to continue launching auto mowers and continue evolving ourselves Mm. towards towards battery powered. And we, we look at the customers that that impacts because we are we are in business to serve customers number one Mm. you know but we can layer on that you know whether it's people first or customer first and go okay it's okay that we're not for you because we're for a lot of people like we we are for a lot of people and it's okay if we're not for you and it allows people to have the courage to just move on amicably and without resistance and frees us up to, you know, keep finding people that, that are a good fit for us. I love that. Now, if to make it really practical, if there's someone listening to this right now that is really struggling with that intentionality, right? Like they're struggling with, you know, you're saying being intentional with doing the right thing by people means I may have to part ways with an employee that's been here for years, or I may have to part ways with a customer that I've had for years, or maybe they just don't know where to start. Like that's, they have the best intentions and they're in the you know heat of the battle, so to speak. They're so busy. They can't, they don't know how to prioritize that. What are some practical things that they can begin to do to put people first in the business? Well, I think Number one, whatever position you are, whether it's from the owner position or whether it's from a management position or whether it's from a crew leader position, the number one thing that I would say is to just be curious, just be curious. And the second thing I would say is to be courageous because Mm -hmm. we all have that instinct. We all know when something just doesn't work. And so I I think the curiosity allows us to discover that. And I think the courage allows us to inquire about it. And once you can get past those things and you've opened that door and then you're able to just, I, I would hope with some solid emotional intelligence, be able to navigate that situation 
Mm. And so, but I think we get so busy in our jobs that sometimes we just forget to engage and we, and, and we just, yep. and that takes intentionality too, right? It's sometimes I'm so jazzed and so focused on getting a task done that I, I like have to stop myself and I have to engage and just yep. simply engaging with people gives us the opportunity to put them first. Sometimes people, you know, they're just waiting for you to crack that door. And I would say, crack the door and it will be better for everybody. I love that. Two kind of thoughts that dovetailed off that. One, I actually worked for an owner one time where the rest of the leadership team made that a goal, like got so busy with the work that like was disconnected from the boots on the ground, from the actual workforce, right? And so they actually prioritized that for him. They made like a goal, like a tangible, like you need to spend X number of minutes in the crew room, like talking to people each week, each quarter, right? Like, yeah. And I think that's great. I, I think if there is a struggle with that, then perhaps co-designing with that person, some kind of metric to just grow it a little bit, I think is also another great opportunity to be intentional. Yeah. And the second thing, you, you use the word courageous, and there's a quote that has always kind of stuck with me and resonated with me. And I've seen it attributed to a half a dozen different people, so I don't know who actually said it. But I, I think the one that pops up most often is probably FDR. And it says, courage isn't a lack of fear. It's being afraid and acting anyway. Oh, I love it. I right? love it. How yeah. good is that? I mean, <laughs> oh my God, you know... It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're not going to be afraid of doing it, right? Like parting with a longtime team member or parting with a longtime customer is going to be tough. Like it's going to be hard, but if it's the best thing for your business and for all the people that work for your business, including that person that maybe you have to let go, then isn't that the right thing to do, right? Absolutely. And it, and it makes me think about it. And I know, again, using that intention word, but well-intentioned from th hmm. those around me, especially my team, like when they refer to me as the fearless leader, their fearless leader, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, if you guys only knew how much fear. How many times a day I second guess myself. Every day, all the time. And, and not from like an imposter syndrome kind of thing, but it is... Courage is never the absence of fear. It's just learning right. how to own your voice and take that step. Some days, big steps. Some days, just little steps. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is It is an interesting... I love that quote. Yeah, that's why it like stuck. It's one of those things that just like whispers in the back of your mind all the time. I don't know how else to say it. It just sticks with you, you know? So can I own that since you don't know who owns it? Can absolutely. I just take ownership? I'll just credit it to Pam Dooley moving forward. <laughs> That's fine. Love it. Okay, absolutely. Cool. Um, <laughs> Until the Roosevelt's come after me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But what are they going to do? I don't think it's copyrighted, you know? Okay. Um, well. You talked about, and this is one of the points I really wanted to dive into because I think this is just next level thinking. You talked about clarity of roles and responsibilities. And the way you phrased it was identifying, tracking what matters most within each position that creates the greatest impact for the team. There's so much, like my head exploded when I read this. I was like, this is so smart, so insightful. So first, how do people go about 
clarifying roles and responsibilities? Is it you know job description? Is it just relentless communication, persistent training? What else? How how do you get clarity around who does what so that you quit hearing that's not my job? Yeah. So yes and yes, all of those things you mentioned. And as I mentioned when I was sharing this, like it is it is a journey for us. I mean, we have if I had a dollar back for the consultants and groups Mm -hmm. and just both inside the industry and outside the industry of just working on that, you know, whether we want to call it scorecards or KPIs or whatever we want to label it, just, yes, clear job descriptions, Mm -hmm. clear data on your top three to five things per position, you know, and, and, we have added a couple of new positions heading into next year. And part of our process for putting together those job descriptions are also designing what does success look like for that mm, position. Yes. And what, how, you know, and we're not just thinking about for that person, but of course, layering it onto and how is that going to impact the team success? And so Mm. we just, that is a really hard thing for us, Jay, just being totally transparent here, because I mean, I'll just tell you, I'm very much like, and I still ask this, I'm like, can people just not do their job? Like, just, just, (laughs) just do your job. That's like, well, Yes. And, and I have a great team around me, you know, they'll be like, yes, they could, if they were clear on what their job was. And so it's just the ongoing struggle of just creating clarity. So, but I have had the opportunity to just build some amazing friendships with people across the country of a million dollar company to the $400 million companies and a repeated theme of, of success is just always clear metrics and, and clarity of why their job matters to yes. the company and to the team. And so we work really hard on that. Well, and to that point, I think this is what really blew me away with this statement was it's not just creating clarity around the roles, right? Because I think a lot of people understand my team will go out and do if they know what I expect of them, Right. And if, you, if you're not even there yet, create that clarity for your team. If you're listening to this, please, <laughs> they want to do their job well. <laughs> if you just tell them what it is you expect from them and what their job is, they will go do it for you. But the part yeah. that like really blew me away is like, okay, let's create, identify and track the things that are most impactful to the larger team role by role throughout the company. So how do people, how do you go about identifying saying like what's impactful for this one position is, is different because that's got to vary from role to role, right? Like your HR person doesn't have the same metrics as your frontline mower or, you know, like a design build crew, or how do you go about deciding what is most important for each job function within the company to track? I think that's the part that like, I just, my, I was up half the night, half the night I had a, like a personal minor <laughs> emergency that like I had to, <laughs> I had to deal with but the other half of it. I kept thinking about this. I was like, man, that is like, that's like way into the future. You know, Pam's living in 3022. The rest of us are stuck in 2022. (laughs) What's going on here? Explain this to us. 
Well, I, I, so something that instantly comes to mind is, is retention. You know, if, if you can pick these things, again, number one, it's just remembering why are you in business? We are in business. Businesses exist to serve people, to serve customers. And so if you can identify your key drivers for business success, obviously, retention of the right people, whether it's team or customers, I really can't imagine anything more important than that, uh, mm. especially if you're a relational company, which I, I can't even wrap, can't wrap my head around transactional companies, but it's retention. So if, if, if that is out there as your number one thing as a company, every role in that company exists to retain the right people. So whether that is our ultimate experience manager tracking earned growth rate, or whether that's our production manager who is meeting with the crews out in the field and training, you know, we're, we're being clear on what the opportunities are. We're retaining our team, whether that's our, our salespeople or our account managers who are engaging with our customers in a timely manner, you know, like mm. that, that's, that's one of the things, look, we, we have a measurement that defines how quickly we'll get back to people. And we know that by doing so, that's going to give us a better opportunity to retain customers, you know, that's customer service. Yep. So I think if you can identify those big drivers of your business success, then it's really easy to layer in how each person is going to contribute to that success. So correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to put words in your mouth other than the courage quote, that one I'll put in your mouth. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying is, okay, you have to start with the business's overall goals, right? Like, so do you revisit these metrics annually? or like as the, as the business goals change, or is it, but you start, you start there, like what are the business goals? What do you exist to do? What are you striving for? And then how does each role within the company kind of stack on top of one another pointing in the same direction? Is that where you were going with that? That is exactly right. And, you know, to answer your question, are these revisited annually? Of course they are. And sit down, sit well, down it might be obvious to some people. I don't know. Yeah, so they they have to be. They're they're fluid and flexible, but then there are some that are inflexible. Like we know mm. that we have a certain number of leads that we've got to convert. You know, like for a salesperson, yep. that never changes, and we know through tracking that the leads we're getting are qualified leads. And so we can reliably set a percentage of conversion. And, and so th those are some things that are constant, but then there are these things that, that are supportive of annual themes that link across to every person in the company. Yeah. I love that. So like last year, our theme was nurture. But sorry, I'm already thinking of 2023. This year, 2022, our theme is nurture. <laughs> Again, the broader goal is retention. The, the way we retain people is we nurture relationships. And so how does sales contribute to that? How does finance contribute to that? How does operations contribute to that? 
And so we're, we're always thinking about our annual themes and trying to layer in individual contributions to help team success. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I just want everybody to kind of like marinate in that for just a second. And I'll just reiterate, I'll say it another way, just because I think it's so important for people to get, like you have your overarching business goals. What is it that we're driving towards? And then you look roll by roll and say, hey, this contributes to that overarching goal in this way. This contributes to the overarching, whether it's a growth target, whether it's, you know, like, I, again, I've worked for a, a business where the ownership was was deeply religious. And part of the reason they drove profit so hard was because they gave back to charitable contribu- you know, organizations throughout the year. And they did that like kind of on the, on the down low. He wouldn't, it was very frustrating as a marketing guy. I wasn't allowed to like talk about it because he did so much good in the community, but he just didn't want people to know. He was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to make it about us, but, but that was it. Right. Like, so, so whatever those overarching goals are, whether it's giving back to the community, whether it's, you know, uh, you have a profit sharing program, whatever, set those targets. And then everything that you do roll by roll, have a couple of metrics that contribute to that overall goal. How do you, how do you track those things? What types of systems are you using to track some of those things? Is it coming out of your software or is it, you know, do you have like a manual system or what are you doing? So we have within our HR software, we have, so we use Bamboo HR and mm-hmm, I know that mm-hmm. there's many, there's Lattice, but we use Bamboo HR to where we can input some of that stuff. And I'll also tell you that again, we are works in progress on this, but mm-hmm building out scorecards. And then the next layer of that is building out that face chart for the conference room wall, you know, that that has everybody on there. And it's just showing the interconnectedness of the work we do. And so that will be the next phase for us that will come to life next year is just, I want everybody to walk into that meeting room and to just always have an awareness of what you know, Tom is doing over here and what Eric's doing over here and what Melissa's doing over here to just really understand. And, you know, it's also about accountability, which we could have a whole Mm. nother conversation about accountability. And that's another, you spot it, you got it. It's something that I coach on ongoing, like uh, just how do you do it? And um, this is certainly, I know one of the biggest tools to, hold people accountable, both me and the team, each other, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as part of that, how often are you revisiting and like how often are coworkers getting feedback, right? Is it like just the annual review? You walk in and you get drilled or are you doing that more often or how does that? One-on-ones. So we are big advocates for one-on-ones. And so we used to use a software for uh, tracking one-on-ones called 15.5. And we decided not to continue using that, but it's it's effective coaching sessions ongoing to where, mm. you know, managers are checking in with their team and I'm checking in with leadership on both their goals and, and also those underneath them were highlighting, you know, trouble spots and just, but no, it's, it's when you get to that, I still believe there's tremendous value in annual sit downs, 100%. Mm-hmm. But when you get to that, 
that's pretty much dotting the I's, crossing the T's, summarizing, and then just kind of setting for the year. It, It should not be in any way the first opportunity to give anybody anything that's going to help advance them personally or professionally. That is ongoing. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think it's, we've all been in there where like you, you talk about the goals for the upcoming year in like 15 minutes and then you're shuffled out. So the next person can get into it. Right. And then you never talk about it again until it comes back around. Well, did you hit your goals? I don't even remember them. That was 364 days ago. You know? So I I love the one-on-one, the constant like feedback loop for you. Um, just one more final question, and you can be as, as long or short on this as you like. I want to respect your time today. I know you've got a, a hard stop here soon, but what comes next for you? What are you excited about? What's what's coming up for Plants Creative or for you personally that, that gets you excited? You know, I think that I'm really excited about next year. I'm excited for Plants Creative to really start turning the corner on some of these hard initiatives that we started three or four years ago, again, with auto mowers, with predictive irrigation controllers, with technology that we see uh, being so beneficial to people, both financially, sustainability-wise. So I'm really excited to continue advancing those. And, you know, Jay, I've also realized that I love I love what I do in terms Mm. of landscaping and working in this industry, but I've also started to realize that I'm, I'm, I think I'm more entrepreneur than I am (laughs) a landscape company owner. And so, you know, I've got this side of me that's, that's so passionate about the team and about plants creative, but I've also got this other side of me that is passionate about just community and creating something really cool for people to gather at. So I'll just kind of bookmark that and (laughs) um, we'll have another conversation about that sometime. That sounds amazing. Uh, Pam Julie with Plants Creative. Um, I will put a link to their website in there. If it's a, a, up to you, I can put a link to your LinkedIn profile. If people want to follow you and see, you know, what you're doing, what the, the business is doing. And you've also, because I'm pretty heavy involvement with NALP, I know you've got to run and do that, but I'll see if I can dig up links to like the Women in Landscape Network I know you're involved with. And uh, just thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything else you want to share real quick before you have to go? No, I, I would love to connect with anybody who wants to connect. And I really, I know we've been talking about getting together for a while. So thank you for this. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And um, I have to. So that's all I have. And have a fantastic holiday. You too. Thanks so much, Pam. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Jay. Bye. Bye.